Welcome everyone to the last episode of Big Boy Brunch for the year 2020. Wow. 2-0-2-0. This is where topics get tasted. <clears throat> we're, um, I, I was going to do 20 AKAs because, you know, it's 2020, but we're moving on to 2021. So I'll give y'all 21 AKAs. So... Alright, get ready. <clears throat> I am Lolo Von Z, that is L-O-L-O-V-O-N-Z, a.k.a. the Liberian Aquarian, a.k.a. Sis that nigga's worst nightmare, a.k.a. Dick So Bomb North Korea Won't Smoke, a.k.a. the reason your daddy ain't paid tuition this semester, a.k.a. the headboard killer, a.k.a. your tonsils weekend friend from out of town, a.k.a. Gay J. If I had one leg, we would be best friends, a.k.a. the deadbeat cousin, $5 Target gift cards for everybody, AKA Super Hentai, AKA Colored Sentai Pro Holder, AKA Tyler Perry Scruff Profile. Hey, hey, you act. AKA the Colored Boy who considered Grinder when Tinder was not enough. AKA Cinnamon Host Crunch. AKA the top heard around the world. AKA Top Smoke. Uh. AKA Music Ho Child. Cause I just wanna know if you're gay and maybe sometime we can hook up, hook up. Hook up, aka Black Trick Star. Did you set it to Wumbo? Aka the Gay Lloyd Banks. Yeah, I ain't gonna run, ain't gonna snitch. I'm a grown man, dog, ain't a bitch. I'm a warrior. Aka the Seventh Pro Hokage. Believe it. Aka Sun Hoku. His body count is over nine thousand. Aka Faggot of the Darkness Flame. I am sitting here with the hostess, with the mostess, Dre. What's Hello, I had. An AKA, um, but I will leave it alone because uh, my co-host is a terrorist, and um, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure that the AKAs were enough. <laughs> Which, honestly, that's some of your best work ever. I just have to say, oh, I'm really proud you. of you. Thank you very much. Um, yes, I'm the hostess with the mostest, Dre. Um, we are here with our last episode of the year. And um, yeah, we got a good one for you. Sit back, relax, and listen. All right, so today I hooked it up. So uh, <laughs> made my favorite brunch dish of all time. I made it like two other times before, but like I had to make it again for this. I got a crab benedict. I took some lump crab cakes and fried them up real nice with some sautéed spinach on a toasted English muffin. Topped with some Old Bay seasoned hollandaise sauce. Creamy sunlight dripping all over these twin mountains of maritime meat. With a side of home fries that are crispy on the outside. And soft and fluffy on the inside. I needed something sweet to go along with the last brunch of the year. So I did what every great home trained chef does. I pulled back my sleeves. I tied my apron on tight. Wiped the sweat from my brow. And ordered Cinnabon through DoorDash. It takes years of practice to master that type of fun dexterity. You know, so I'm very proud of myself. And to wash down this delicious meal, we got a bottle of Andre Champagne. We ain't change up nothing. Keeping it real for y'all. Keeping it real for y'all. Ah, whew. Wow. A year of doing this shit. Wow. Can you believe it? Not really. <laughs> I really thought, thought we would have canceled this shit a while ago. <laughs> and the but fact that we, we started this during the year of a pandemic, yo. 
In a pantomime? <laughs> in a Panama Canal? In a Pantene Pro V? Oh, girl. Uh, all right. All right, let's get started. It is time for a heaping helping of geek news in a segment I like to call Nerdy Nuggets. Where the pussy reside, where the pussy reside, where the pussy reside, where the pussy reside. Hey, 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 hey. Prison. <laughs> Man's got t-shirts. Branded. Trade fucking I love that marked. Love that Y'all not about to do them like Miss Peaches. Mm-mm. Nope, Mm-mm. not at all. Not at all. No. No, sir. No, ma'am. All right. Um, In great value Wakanda news... Amazon Studios has released the first images from Coming to America, the sequel to the classic 1988 Eddie Murphy vehicle about an African prince seeking true love in the good old USA, according to Deadline. This time, Murphy is set to become the king of Zamunda, but discovers he has a son he never knew about in America. Honoring his father's dying wish to groom his son as a crown prince, Prince Akeem Jofer sets, for- excuse me, sets forth to find the heir in Queens, New York. Back for the sequel is Semi, played by Arsenio Hall, with Jermaine Fowler, Leslie Jones, Shari Headley, John Amos, Tracy Morgan, Wesley Snipes, James Earl Jones, and also Tiana Taylor on board. The film will be released on Prime Video in early March, with some countries getting a theatrical release in some international territories through original distributor Paramount Pictures. Um, I'm going to let you go first, and then I'm going to say my piece. Um, so, uh, how do I say this? Um, so, so they look, they all look good. I'll say that. Uh, Eddie looks amazing. As melanated people, they look good. Absolutely. Uh, James Earl Jones is about to be 90 and my nigga is out here working. Um, looking how great as well. is this man still alive? I, I'm, I'm not, not questioning look, it. I don't know, but God, not God bless it. it. But God. I love it. I love seeing older black folks still here with us. Um, I don't know. The story seems like, like, I hated that when I heard they're coming to America, like the second one was coming out. I was like, I bet this is what the story is going to be. And that's exactly what the story is. But I, I will say that um, a, a West African uh, man uh who is you know well revered well you know respected in his home country you know taking a trip to america and just you know having a random ass kid like in in you know the heat of passion and then coming coming back home and like not knowing about it um until like 20 years later is very african i will say that <laughs> that's, that's actually quite accurate <laughs> to be honest uh. <laughs> I feel like that's that's accurate for uh, Africans and Caribbeans, because God knows. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah, so um, it, I think that's what I have. Like you know, the story. You know, we'll wait and see. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, it doesn't look from the screenshots. I mean, you know, from the pictures I saw, it doesn't look like it's going to be terrible. Um, but I also think when it comes to like making movies that are like you know, around 30 years old or older. Um, the Just the the manner in which certain movies were received 30 years ago, yeah. it doesn't really translate too well to, like, today's types of audiences, yeah, right? This, so Yeah, the first movie came out in a time where people didn't really have 
any sort of big movie that mm-hmm. represented, I guess, like any type of like African um, representation. And then right, we right. had this, and yeah, it's African representation, but it's like, like no shade, but it's like black Americans, like like you know, playing dress up. Mm-hmm. And like and the, the, and like this is like no, and I mean this in the, like the most respected manner. Like I am all for um, black Americans, like victims of um, chat, chattel slavery, people, like, enslaved mm-hmm. people. You know, going back and um, tapping into their African roots. But you know, the first the first movie just felt for me, at, like as a child of West African immigrants, it just felt very very odd. Like the like the women <laughs> were like light skinned and like scantily clad and like the men mm-hmm. all were like wearing like lions and shit and it was just <laughs> like it it, it it just it felt like a like a, a, an African like fever dream and this is also like a year after Eddie Murphy's performance um in Raw his like his his second like major studio like um you know comedy comedy movie where he has this whole bit about like a quote unquote Bush bitch, like pulling her from like her her country and like Americanizing her, and then you know she she starts talking to like uh, a black American woman and starts like you know learning like you know oh prenups and one and a half and I'm just like yo this is not a good look but but fast forward to today, um you know we have we have Black Panther. We have you know we have shows like Black Panther and granted Black you know Wakanda is a is a fake country but um the way they did it they they pulled influences from several African countries and did it very respect excuse me very respectfully and very tastefully and there was a lot of humor in the movie so there's a way you can do it mm-hmm. while also being you know respectful of the various countries this like. Right. Like they had thirty some years to, they had twenty some years, thirty years to, <laughs> to plan this, and the outfits look very cheap. They look very uninspired. Like the uh, throne, the the throne that that dude man is sitting on, like it's giving very very like cheap cheetah print. It's giving like cheetah girls. It's giving <laughs> not um, cheetah girls. Like not the um, cheetah th- girl. Th- this picture with Tiana and Wesley Snipes is, I mean. On the right, I mean, this is something a, an African warlord would wear, but like, like paired with what T- Tiana in this like um, in this camo two piece, I don't know. It, it it's giving like what they would do for like a, a Killmonger skit in like Mad TV in like nineteen ninety eight. Okay, like it's <laughs> it, it's 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 very odd it's just very odd looking it just feels like this was very thrown together and granted leslie jones looks looks at home like leslie jones looks oh, yeah. like, a, like an african african auntie like I, I i'll give them that but i i just felt like there there wasn't enough time like you know care put in like the actual set design and it, it still looks very you know dated yeah there, I, there, I there's a that. i feel like and <laughs> And the fact that it's still like majority of like black American, uh, excuse me, a majority black American cast is like, eh. like the I, I'm like wait like, I, I'm 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 sure that like yeah like they asked Lupita Nyong'o like she wouldn't want to. I mean I'm not saying like I, I don't know her <laughs> but like, I've I have a feeling they asked Lupita Nyong'o or they asked like Dana Gurira and they were like, 
yeah, I'm good. I'm good on all this. You can have this. <laughs> and and his son in the movie, like well, we're seeing the images, like he's literally wearing a knockoff like African shirt, like that they that T'Challa wore in Black Panther. Like, you see that? Uh huh. Uh huh. It's um, yeah. And yeah, I'm like, yeah. It's they're like, oh, it's a comedy. It's a comedy. But like, I. If if the backdrop is distracting, like I can't really focus on the jokes. Like shit looking with like Africans looking funny should not be the joke if you're trying to come at it from like a respectful standpoint. Like mm-hmm. the joke should just come from the interactions, not right, right, right. people looking funny. Like cuz that's 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 easy. So, yeah. That that's that's what I have to say about that. I I'll I'll still I'm probably still going to watch it at the end of the oh, day yeah, cuz yeah. like, I can't really like can't really judge something if I haven't like watched it. So I and also I this will... movie is definitely um, heavily going to be heavily you know marketed uh, nostalgically. So yes, so um, they got to keep some shit the same. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, it is what it is. What it is. What it is. <laughs> Moving right along. <clears throat> So, bad news for Hillsong followers. Space adventurer Peter Quill, a.k.a. Star-Lord, is shown in a polyamorous bisexual relationship in the latest issue of Guardians of the Galaxy, excuse me, of the Guardians of the Galaxy comic. In an adventure titled, I Shall Make You a Star-Lord, ooh, woof, Guardians of the Galaxy number nine (laughs) finds Quill spending almost 150 years in a strange land named Mornius, or Morinus where he befriends a pair of humanoids, the female Aradia and the male Moors, eventually entering into a, a relationship with both around the 12-year mark. It's been over a decade, Quill says to the pair. Time to accept the truth. Morinus is my home. You're my home. Uh, the issue is written by Al Ewing and art by Juan Cabal. Will the bisexuality of the comics version of Star-Lord be incorporated into the big screen iteration, played by Chris Pratt in the upcoming James Gunn-directed Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3? Time will tell. And uh, a spokesperson for Marvel Studios was unavailable for comment at the time of writing. Back in February of 2019, Pratt defended Hillsong Church, which he attends, after the Umbrella Academy star Elliot Page accused the church of being infamously anti-LGBTQ. It has recently been suggested that I belong to a church which hates a certain group of people and is infamously anti-LGBTQ, Pratt wrote on Instagram. Nothing could be further from the truth. I go to a church that opens their doors to absolutely everyone. Girl, we we lying now? Okay, fine. Through your goddamn teeth. What do you think? What do you think? Um, I think it's just hilarious. I, I think it's like <laughs> the gag, the gag, the, the is... motherfucking gag. Like for um, <laughs> fucking Star Lord to be by and like and and I think every time I hear Chris talk about this church, he's very vague. You know what I mean? He's like intentionally very vague and very like Mike Pence about the way he talks about the church. Uh... <laughs> I'm just like you're you're really full of shit. But wasn't he married to Anna Kendrick? Um, it was, I don't know. I think, um, mama, the the blonde lady from, um, um, 
from the um the scary movie franchise. The girl, yeah, that's the her. white yeah, girl yeah. who played Cindy. Cindy. Yeah, that's her. And the Cindy. Cindy. And I was like, I wonder if that has something to do with it. But anyway, um <laughs> Chris really just needs to I don't know. Like I don't know. Like it's hilarious, but also like I don't trust Chris. I don't trust a bi character in the hands of Chris. You know? Um yeah. yeah, we'll see uh, how it. I mean, I don't know, I don't know how they plan, how or if they plan on making it known or apparent that uh, Star Lord is by, um, but if they plan to like make it apparent in some way, um, they really have to be careful with it, especially with this man. They have to be very careful and take a lot of care because um, the queer fans will not take. Our foots off your neck <laughs> if you do yeah. something ridiculous. Yeah, like they, they already just dragged uh, James Corden um, for for his his portrayal of a gay man in that prom movie. Like, wait, James who? James Corden, like the chubby dude who hosts his. Uh, wait, he late was in night. a movie. Interesting. The car, the car karaoke. He like he's straight, but he played a gay man in this movie. Oh, okay. surprising because like a lot a lot of people read him as gay. Like, <laughs> yeah, like yeah. Ma- like Mama is very effeminate. So, yeah, <laughs> so it is what it is. But for me, like, I don't know how y'all couldn't see Star Lord as a Star Queen. Like, she's got the <laughs> word Star in her name. I mean, but like, look at the material, right? Mm-hmm. This dude suffered family tragedy at a young age, was taken in by another family who taught him how to become his true self, which inspired him to put together another found family of people who were outcasts just like him. Walks through dark, dangerous places with his headphones in, bopping to 70s pop music while on the hunt for rare jewelry. Saved the world in the first movie by distracting the villain by dancing. And has a boatload of unsolved traumatic issues with his two dads. It was right in front of us the whole time. Hello. Like, yeah. Yep. Also, also... He can breathe in space, which is a standard ability that comes with realizing you're bisexual. It, it all fits perfectly. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Shut no, up. Like, I, no, like, true shit. Like. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, I just, We're not I just sure. Think, yeah. I mean, like, honestly, after, um, after the shit Star-Lord pulled, I, I don't really care about him, so... But yeah, we're not know. sure if the MCU is gonna acknowledge this. Yeah. We we know <laughs> that we know that um Trey's husband, Brian Tyree Henry, is playing yes. Festus, a gay superhero in the Eternals, and mm-hmm. um they've cast a uh, Sochil Gomez as Miss America. My apologies for not being able to pronounce her name last name <laughs> last week. So um we are getting closer to an LGBTQIA MCU plus, but only time will tell if <laughs> Mr. Parks and Salvation will be seen going both ways in the galaxy. So, mm-hmm. there's that. Moving right along. <clears throat> in a personal essay, actor Leonard Roberts broke his silence about his 2007 firing from Heroes, citing racism and the conflict with his former star, Ali Larder. In response, the 44-year-old actress issued a public apology to her former co-star, NBC, which co-produced and aired the hit sci-fi series between 2006 and 2010, has not responded to the actor's claims, made in Variety on Wednesday, December 16th. Variety corroborated Robert's account with 10 people who either worked on Heroes at the time 
or were contemporaneously familiar with his experience on the show. In his essay, Roberts, 48, wrote about how onset tension with Larder led to his firing and said he felt disrespected as an actor, a black man, and a human being after a meeting about his departure. Robert's character, D.L. Hawkins, was married to Larder's Nikki Sanders, and both debuted in season one, she in the pilot and he after a few episodes. In his essay, the actor wrote that he found himself on the receiving end of pushback from my co-star regarding the playing of a particularly tense scene. I am deeply saddened to hear about Leonard Robbins, excuse me, about Leonard Robbins' experience on Heroes, and I am heartbroken reading his perception of our relationship, which absolutely doesn't match my memory nor experience on the show, Larder said in a statement to E! News. I respect Leonard as an artist, and I applaud him or anyone using their voice and platform. I am truly sorry for any role I may have played in his painful experience during that time, and I wish him and his family the very best. The scene in question was a bedroom scene. Roberts wrote that in private rehearsal, director Greg Beeman asked Larder if she was willing to expose her shoulders in the shot while the actor was shirtless. Roberts said Larder refused the request, insisting that she was indeed being asked to remove her top completely. He said Larder proceeded to have an intense and loud conversation with Beeman and producers on the set, in which she said she felt disrespected and that the scene was ultimately shot with her top visible. However, Beeman told Variety, I don't remember a large, excuse me, I, um, however, Beeman told Variety, I don't remember a loud argument or her saying anything about being disrespected. We worked out her character's intention regarding the wardrobe and shortly returned to work and finished the shot. Roberts also wrote that he later gave Larder a bottle of wine with a note affirming what I believed to be mutual respect and a shared commitment to doing exceptional work, but that she never acknowledged either of them. Roberts also noted that after watching an episode where her character seduced co-star Adrian Pazder's character, Nathan Petrelli, he asked Pazdar if there had been any concerns similar to what he experienced during his episode and that the actor signaled there were none. I pondered why my co-star had exuberantly played a different scene with the Petrelli character involving overt sexuality while wearing lingerie, but found aspects of one involving love and intimacy expressed through dialogue with my character, her husband, disrespectful to her core, Roberts wrote. I couldn't help wondering whether race was a factor. Ooh... Lord, it's it 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 go it goes on like on like on and on and on. And um, he also says that weeks after um his last day of shooting heroes, one of his white male castmates told him, "Can you really say you lost your job because you're black? Come on, man. They're gonna always keep the hot blonde on the show. That's just Hollywood." Roberts wrote, "I responded that for him as a white man to ask me to deny I lost my job because I was black." but except my co-host kept her job because of attributes he clearly believed identified her as white was, in fact, a quite literal embodiment of systemic racism. Now, whew, this doesn't shock me in the least, but I'm still very frustrated with how this man was treated. Like, I, I love Leonard Roberts in Drumline. I yeah, love him in Heroes. Same. I thought it was cool to see a black person with powers that were soft, that, were, that weren't explosive or destructive. I like the idea of... Like, a black man walking through doors that are shut tight, like, physically and mentally. Mm -hmm. Like, he can walk through any barrier. 
you know, and then to see his character go through so much BS on screen, like like getting shot in like every other episode, like his pain, like being used to push his white wife's story forward, and now she got like all these new powers and the new seasons. It, it was it was a lot. It was a lot to take in, but like he said. Many black actors have to deal with this day in and day out. And I'm happy that he had the bravery to speak his truth and air this shit out so that maybe, uh, maybe one black actor doesn't have, another black actor doesn't have to experience this. Yeah, I just, like the way, like reading his, his essay note, whatever you want to call it, um, it was heartbreaking. And I, like and then what was even more heartbreaking or maddening is her weak ass apology. That was the weakest Ooh. apology I've ever heard. Like uh, I don't she remember really... X Y Z. See this right. Is, see, like, this so like y'all, <laughs> we've been talking years about um, unconscious bias, mm-hmm. unconscious bias, right? It doesn't matter if you don't like remember it. It just it it's it's just like an internal thing. Like I've, it's. It's the process of years of being conditioned to think that black people are dangerous. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what probably happened is this this white woman like had like a fight or flight response to filming this very, very intimate scene with this black man. And, you know, she 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 you know was she didn't want this black man, you know, touching her in this certain way. Mm-hmm. Um Um She she wasn't aware. She may not have been like hundred percent aware that it was because he was black, but you know, that's, that's, that's the, um, that's the evil shit behind, um, white, white supremacy. Like it's just, it, it's like a switch that kind of like clicks on in your brain. Right. And mm-hmm. that, that's why, um, in a later scene with this white man, like she's having sex with this white dude and she don't have a problem with it. Mm-hmm. But with this black man, it was like, it's, it's the exact same scene. And she, she's like scared. Um, and yeah, that's, you know, and it's <laughs> like, shit. y'all need, like, we've been talking to y'all about like unconscious bias, unconscious bias. Like y'all, y'all need to unpack that because it's it, it, like, it's like, oh, I'm not racist. I'm not this and there, but it's literally like white supremacy is so deeply ingrained in our society. Like you don't even have to be outwardly racist to fuck a black person's life up. Yep. Yep. And that's what we're saying. Um, yeah, it makes me think about how, you know, you don't have to be, you said, you know, you don't have to be outward race, outwardly racist to fuck a black person's life up. You don't have to be outwardly colorist, as we saw with um, Will Smith and Janet Hubert. You don't have to be outwardly color, well, color, you know, colorist to fuck up someone's life. You know, Will fucked up her life, even though, you know, he didn't realize that, you know, he was being colorist. I, I doubt he did. I, he probably still doesn't know. But, um... Yeah, like, girl, Allie, like, ugh, you you always kind of rub me the wrong way, but like this solidified it. But I I love so. how the black gays came for her on Twitter. Oh yeah, like that. That's why Beyonce whooped your ass. <laughs> Yo, it's the like... amount of video, <laughs> the amount of video with, with that scene. <laughs> Obsessed. Oh god, like it was it was an awful movie, it. but I knew I knew yeah. we all knew that scene was gonna come in handy one day. Exactly, and they exactly. was ready. The girls yep. are ready. Ready <laughs> to go. <laughs> you were in my home. You touched my child. My child. You think you crazy? I saw you crazy. <laughs> that The eyebrow. The eyebrow. Bruh. Ah, ah! Bruh. She was naked in your hotel room. 
Oh you better God. act, Miss Carter. Okay. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> oh, oh Lord. Mm. Moving on. So, um, a little bit more um us more sad news. Um so um Tommy, Tiny Lister, famous for portraying Debo in the Friday films, um, has passed away at the age of sixty two. Uh, Tommy, um, beloved as Tiny by those near to him, rose to popularity in the 80s and 90s for often playing the affable neighborhood bully Debo in Friday and Next Friday. His other film acting credits include The Fifth Element, The Dark Knight, The Players Club, and Zootopia, as well as credits in TV projects like Moesha, Martin, The Jamie Foxx Show, and many others. Apart from acting, Lister was once a pro wrestler under the name Zeus, from 1989 to 1996, having fought the likes of Hulk Hogan. Um, so, um, he is survived by his wife, Felicia Forbes, and his daughter. Uh, sad. Sad. Super, like he, sad. Like they, Super sad. Yeah, he was um, a big boy uh, in like ev- every sense of the word. Like, the yes. pe- like um, Black Hollywood's first bully. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, like, bully, right. bully. Like walking through, like snatching up niggas' chains, like 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 right. My, my grandma gave me that chain, you know. Just, right, he's an icon in in Black Hollywood, like icon. And then and then even in small roles in in The Dark Knight. Mm-hmm. So, uh, for those that don't remember, he was the man on the on the boat. So the Joker had um, two boats um, with um, with bomb strap strapped to them. Um, so it was like in on one boat, it was a um, it was packed with regular civilians, and on the other, it was packed with uh, convicts, and both of them had the switches to blow up um, the the other the other uh, group's um, boat, um, and they all they all debated. They had this huge debate on like you know morals and like you know ethics and you know the. Um, who deserves to live and who deserves to die. Um, but uh, Debo, like his, his character, um, he he walked up to the man holding the remote, like, mm-hmm. like took it out of his hands and threw it in the water. So that like that that was one of the most powerful scenes in the movie. And he didn't really have like a he didn't even have like a huge part. So, um, yeah, like, like, like Debo's like presence is like felt like all, all through, throughout Hollywood. So, yeah, so he will be missed. So, RIP, RIP to Tommy Lister. Mm-mm. All right. All right. We are going to cheer y'all up a little bit. So, our last little nugget for this part is a bit on the extra geeky side. So, <laughs> We are dipping into the land of Super Sentai. Like it's, it's the last episode. You know I was gonna. You you know <laughs> we weren't. I was not gonna do a last episode without mentioning some sort of Power Rangers type shit. So, for those that don't know, uh, Super Sentai is the Japanese action drama series that the American Power Rangers is based on. Right? It's had a cult following by American weebos for like decades now, myself included. And December is always the time that the show starts, like, dropping promo for the upcoming season of the new year. And this new season will be called Kikai Sentai Zenkaiger, 
which translates to Machine World Squadron Full Power Ranger. The show has a website that won't be fully active until, um, well, December 21st. Well, it, it, it will have already been active like by the time we drop this on Monday. But, of course, the hardcore fans got their leak on early. And the first official promo pick dropped. And, um... This don't look like Power Rangers at all. <laughs> Not in the least. Like I saw this to Dre, who doesn't even watch this shit, and he was like, "What the fuck is this?" I was like, "This, this is an insult." Because you know, definitely watched Power Rangers back in the day, and it's definitely been a while since I watched it for real, for real. But this right here, I tell Lawrence, I was like, "It looks like God," because I was like comparing it to like a lot of the animation today, and this yeah. it definitely looks like what is it is it <laughs> it's like meth or like um like no, meth Molly is, a, meth is something? usually a bad trip it's like it's giving lsd it's giving LSD, DMT. There you go. it's yeah, giving psychedelic it. yeah it's giving Very acid rap that's it acid thank you thank it's you giving acid rap yeah, it's, it's giving yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like I'm just it's like, what? Place. And I was like, yo, is everybody on acid? Like, maybe that's why so many places are animating this way and making costumes this way because I don't, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> so let me. So I like the fact that the suits are a throwback to previous seasons. You know, this is the 45th anniversary of of the show, so they're paying homage mm-hmm. to some previous seasons with, like, the red one being styled after the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers Zord, the blue one after Operation Overdrive, the yellow one after Wild Force, and the pink after Mystic Force, and the white um, one after the leader of, um, like, Jack Q. It's, it's giving, like, Jack, Jack Q, big one, like, I already got to get over the fact that, like, the leader is going to be white, like, just, I just... We got a new what we got another white president. Like it's just I just white leaders, I can't I can't deal. I really can't. Like it's just, it's a <laughs> lot. But but I was I was, but like the white one is like the he's the only one who has like some semblance of like a Power Rangers like suit. Like it's just like a dude in a suit. Like I was looking for a more humanoid form with these designs, you know. Like people said like a like a previous season, like um, like Go Kaiger, like the the um, like Super Mega Force, like the uh, the ones where they look like pirates. Um, it was like honoring like the Super, like the Rangers, and like this one's honoring the Zords. But I just don't see how like the fight scenes are gonna look. Aren't I just I I I can't imagine them looking like anything other than clunky with these mm-hmm. bulky designs just stomping around. <laughs> like yeah. it's just gonna look so weird. Like maybe. If they did like a Beetleborg design or a VR Trooper design, you know, make the suits like humanoid, but still give that mecha inspiration. Like, like there's, it's, it's weird. It's, Definitely. yeah, like we said, it's giving LSD, it's giving psychedelic <laughs> drug, it's giving Woodstock, but also, think, yes, this is just a picture. You know, they, like the promo video, like the full rollout could save it, but I, I don't know. This, this seems very like we got tired and just pulled shit out of the toy box and recolored it. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but yeah, that's my, uh, two yen on the subject, but you know, while we're on the subject of toy boxes, you know, it's still the holiday season. I thought it'd be cool to just, um, talk about some of the best gifts we got, um, on Christmas, like as, as a kid. 
you got go you got one? Go ahead. No, you go ahead. All right. So, oh lord, uh, I remember one. I was so spoiled. Um, I remember one year we just kept we 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 were opening presents the day after Christmas. That we we got we got so many. Um, so it was like, what what happened? What happened? It was like. Um, so I got a bunch of Power Rangers toys. Like, oh, oh, okay. So like, I, I'll save that for a little bit later. So when I was younger, when it was just me and my mom and my dad, like, I got um, this dope ass Megazord from like, it was from season three of Power Rangers. Um, I think they didn't even. I, I'm I'm sure they didn't even know that I I liked like. I mean, they knew I liked Power Rangers like that, but they 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 probably didn't even like realize like what one I wanted. But the one they got me was perfect. Um, they got me the Shogun Me- Megazord. So, so the Shogun the Shogun Megazord like what what makes it special is that it's like um, you know like the, the Zords are usually like animals like that come together to form like one humanoid thing. But like the Shogun mm. Megazord, it was five mini Megazords that formed to create, like, one bigger Megazord, which I, like, are, and those are, like, my favorite type of design. So it's, like, that one, the Shogun Megazord, I like the, um, um, I never owned the Rescue Megazord, but that was, like, one of my favorites, too. Like, one big, like, I'm going off on a tangent, but yeah. Um, I love the Rescue Megazord because, um, it has three different modes. So the five different swords that come together, like, they have, like, they have like a robot mode. It's like a high stance mode where they, they transform into like uh, robots into like humanoid robots. And then they can also transform into cars and then all of them can like link up to form this gigantic robot. But yeah, I loved, I loved having the Shogun Megazord. Um, Oh, Oh, there was this one, um, this power Rangers in space one. No, no, no. It was like lost, lost galaxy. It was like a special edition one. So I really wanted like the, um, the in space Megazord because like it was a special Megazord because, um, in powering power Rangers in space, um, their command center was also like, it was like their base of operations, but it also transformed into a giant Megazord. So like if, so the same, like the same spaceship that they would like chill and like eat and sleep and like train, like when it, when it came time to fight, it would like transform into a whole like Megazord, which um, logistically like is a nightmare. <laughs> like, like, like imagine like every time you got to fight some shit, like you, you got to like, uh, you, you got to clean your damn room. Cause like the, the minute <laughs> ship starts flipping, like you got your fucking posters and like your crayons and like your fucking laptop and just like flipping up and all that shit. And you got, you come home, you, you come to your room and shit's like all willy nilly, but that that's side the point, um, but yeah, you remember that that big blue Megazord? It was it, it was like a spaceship that turned into like this giant Megazord. It didn't turn, but um, I got one, but it was in black. It was in black and gold, and that shit was that sounds Ill. amazing. I yeah, it was it was really cool. Like I accidentally I you know I'm I'm very you know I'm very rough on toys, and I I remember breaking it one year. <laughs> but when it was in when it was in shape in tip top shape, it was lit. Mm-hmm. It was fucking lit. This this big ass um, spaceship that could transform into human and humanoid thing and back again. And oh, um, you got one yet? Yeah. Um, so most of my toys from my youth, I don't remember simply because I break most of them. But one thing I remember yeah. is like 
the first system that my mom actually brought me because I had an older brother and he would always get like the gaming systems. And the first mm-hmm. gaming system that my mom actually brought me and me like for me was the Sega Dreamcast. And um, she had what game? I think she had the new Sonic game and she had like a Marvel versus Capcom in there as well. And um, I was like so enamored and I was so happy. Um, I had to, I ended up getting like later, I ended up get on, getting the latest Mortal Kombat by myself, I think. Um, nice. Because, you know, my mom just wasn't fucking with it. Um, <laughs> yeah, she was like, absolutely not. So, yeah. And, oh, okay. And then, um, wait, was it? Yeah. Yeah, so, like, that was really cool because I felt like that was, like, the most expensive gift that she got me up, like, to that point. And for her to be like, yo, Kevin, which is my brother, she said, this is Andre's and, um, you know, you have to ask him to play it. Like, it's not the other way around for this. I felt like a, I felt like a big boy. I was like, oh, for real, this is my shit. And this nigga got to ask where he want to play it. Like, it ain't the other way around. So, yeah, that mm-hmm. was one of my favorite game, things to ever get when I was younger. Um, you know, they had a little... Dreamcast was so funny. You know, they had the little memory Dreamcast block. was weird. It was. It was. But I loved it. Because they had, like, the weirdest games that I loved. Remember that, um, that um, it was, like, Tony Hawk Pro, Pro Skater, but it was with, yeah. like, fucking scooters? Yes. <laughs> My brother got that game. <laughs> he 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 really likes skating games and shit like that. So that's definitely up his alley. Um, Remember, I think was it was it Royal Rumble? Was it called? It was like it was like it. I know. I remember it was like some Afro dude, some big black dude with an Afro who was missing a tooth. Wait, I'm trying to. It was fi- on the Dreamcast. Oh, I'm trying to figure out. It sounds familiar. It was for it, it was for familiar. Dreamcast. <laughs> yeah, one of my favorite from Dreamcast was definitely, um, and one of the only sports games I played was uh, Streets. I used to wear oh, that okay. game out. I used to okay. wear that game out. I loved it. Um, but what yeah, else? definitely the Dreamcast and all those games felt like a big boy at the time, and I felt good. Oh, yeah. yo! <laughs> I'm I'm trying to like lead up to it. I think I'm, I'm gonna do like two or three more. So like. So there was one one year I think my grandfather got me something. Um I mean I mean he, he got me like one one year he got he yo, he got me this old navy package. It was like this dope ass like sweater and I didn't even ask for it, but it came with a glow in the dark yo yo. Oh nigga, I love yo yo's. That shit was that shit was fire. Um yo, um oh yeah. Also, the um, so it, it, this was around the time where like Toy Story two had just dropped, and like yeah, mm-hmm. the kids don't know, but like Toy Story two was like it. This is an eight oh four. It was like two. That's that's where I'm at. <laughs> like um, so it was a singing strumming Woody. I don't know why I wanted it so bad. I was a kid <laughs> wanting the weirdest ass shit. So it was literally just like a Woody doll, and when you strum like. Like it was a Woody doll, like, and he had a whole like guitar, and when you strummed it, it would play like three different songs. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and he got it for me, so that was that, that was fun. Oh, yo, one of my uncles got me a um um 
So the, if this was like like season four, Digimon had just dropped, and mm-hmm. he he got he got me a um a Lobomon toy. So um for for those that watched like season four of of Digimon, like Lobomon is like the warrior of of light, like Wolfmon, you know. So like and this toy, it could um you had like all these different armor pieces that you could you could you know dress him up like stand him up as Lobomon but you could also like turn like flip the skeleton and turn him into like the um the the model for like the the spirit so like when Koji like transforms into Lobomon like um like he, he'll hold his Digimon vice out and it'll it'll show like the the spirit of light kind of like in this like kind of like this like I idol type form and you could like trans you could dress it up and do it like that but that 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 was a dope one but um i also got another power rangers toy it was like it it came with two it came with like a red ranger and a yellow ranger it was like it was the ninja storm era um and it was like the the, this like car where like the two the two of them it was like a a car like a sidecar that was fun but yo one of my favorite like one of my favorite toys um I forget who got it for me, but it was a green, it was a, a neon green glow in the dark Batmobile. Complete with a glow in the dark Batman. Wow. Wow. That <laughs> shit was fire. Like, <laughs> I wore that shit out. I took that shit with, with me every damn where. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it was, it was lit. It was lit. Like, um. I know I like I like we we like to talk about like family trauma and shit on the show, but <laughs> yeah, our, we 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 did we did have some fun Christmases, but yeah, um, that wraps up uh, nerdy nuggets, um, the last nerdy nuggets of the year. Oof, wow, wow, it, it it feels feels wild. So we are going to take a break and when we come back we got a movie review for y'all we're gonna talk about ma rainey's black bottom because i know y'all are tired of hearing about ours so <laughs> talk about that <laughs> we'll be right back Right, and we are back with a review for you. Ma Rainey's Black Bottom is a 2020 American drama film directed by George C. Wolfe and written by Ruben Santiago Hudson, based on the play of the same name by August Wilson. Produced by Denzel Washington, Todd Black, and Danny Wolfe, the film stars Viola Davis and Chadwick Boseman in his final film appearance, with Glenn Turman, Coleman Domingo, and Michael Potts in supporting roles. Tensions and temperatures rise over the course of an afternoon recording session in 1920 Chicago as a band of musicians await trailblazing performer, the legendary mother of the blues, Ma Rainey. Late to the session, the fearless fiery Ma engages in a battle of wills with her white manager and producer over control of her music. As the band waits in the studio's claustrophobic rehearsal room, ambitious trumpeter Levy, who has an eye for Ma's girlfriend and is determined to stake his own claim on the music industry spurs his fellow musicians into an eruption of stories, truths, and lies that will forever change the course of their lives. Um, 
Levy's ambition to start his own band also has him soliciting the managers and producers, requiring him to relive previous traumas. Alright. Um, so what do you think of the movie? I'll let you go first. So, um, let's, let's do this. Let's, um, let's first, I guess, talk about the film as a whole. So, um, the film is based on a play and therefore, you know, certain plays definitely have a limited, limited amount of material because they, uh, certain plays definitely like to focus on one particular event, and like Lorenzo said, this was you know over afternoon, so the the movie's only an hour and a half. Um, and me and Lorenzo were talking, and we were like, you know, we definitely wanted more. It was like nigga, like it was so like it was very much uh, engaging, like you wanted to see more, you wanted to learn more about this, uh, about my Randy, of course, but also like Levi and like you know the other folks as well. Um, it was beautifully shot. Um, uh, it, you definitely felt like you were in the 20s. Uh, you know, as far as like the, the landscape and the, the clothing and all that type of stuff. Um, what do I want to talk about first? All right, let's talk about... We can talk, talk about, about Viola. Okay, yeah, let's talk, talk about Viola first. Talk about Viola. So, like, off the bat, like, yeah. love, love, love Viola Davis as Ma mm-hmm. Rainey. Like, you felt her presence whenever she sauntered on screen. Absolutely. You know, she truly became Ma Rainey. Yeah. I love the fact that like, she... Like, down to the walk. Yeah, down down to all, the walk. Like, I love the fact that she was a black, dark-skinned, queer female artist from the 1920s who didn't mm-hmm. give a fuck. Like, yep. she wasn't like other black singers in her time period. You know, the movie paints her as cocky, confident, demanding of respect at all times. Like, she already faces nonstop opposition being a black woman in America, where black women face degradation, exploitation, death around every corner by white men, white women, and black men. But, you know, here she is, you know, being dark skinned, heavy set, mouth full of crooked teeth. Hugged up on another woman in plain sight you know, as she's walking Ooh. to the studio. As she's walking to the recording studio, late as fuck. The white men in suits can't do shit, but you know, do exactly what she says because they know her voice pays their bills. You know, she she says several times she does not need to be in this space to be successful. Like she threatens yeah. to leave several times and just like go on tour like she's been doing. But you know, she made them fall in line. Like Ma Rainey gets what Ma Rainey wants. Mm-hmm. And that was the that on that. Like, she's an OG diva. Like, she's yeah. not recording until she gets her damn Coke. A Coca-Cola. <laughs> she's not singing unless her nephew gets up and announces her. She is yeah. the Alpha and the Omega. And I love that for her. Like, she had to be tough. You know, she had to demand respect at every step of the way. Because the minute she didn't, like, those white men were, were about to walk all over her. So, I love that for her. And they showed it throughout the film that, like... The anything Ma Rainey t- wanted, like they would push back against, and like she was like, No, like her asking for that coke was like letting them know, Yo, you will respect me, even if it's this type of small thing. Um, but like everything that she wanted, everything that she was like, Yo, this will make the record good, or whatever, they were like, Oh, well, can we do this? Like, you know, her, her nephew, they were like, No, she was like, No, my nephew's saying it, I don't know what to tell you, like, this is what's gonna happen. Uh, and I loved that about her. Like, no matter what, no matter how insignificant or small it seemed, 
Ma was like, this is what I want, and this is what I'm going to get, so I don't know what to tell you. Like, take it or leave it. Exactly. Um, uh, like, yeah, Viola definitely... De- Viola put her foot in this performance. Viola... Both feet, sis? <laughs> hello. Hello. To- like, sugar mamas get up and go bars? Like, yeah, she got to be gone. Yeah, I really loved it. Like, I loved... Uh, it was just, you know, because people make fun of uh, Viola's walk on um, How to Get Away with Murder. <laughs> Viola definitely yeah. made her walk. No, it was different, but it was, like, strong here. And, like, you just knew that this woman yeah. didn't take no shit. And I love that. What, so, one thing um, I love, I, yeah. Yeah. Um, I love how so, Ma insisted on Sylvester, like, her nephew mm-hmm. announcing her on the track. Like, I love. I love it, yeah. I, I love the patience Ma has for you know, her people. Like, yeah. I love the fact that she believed in this young man, even though he had to stutter and pushed mm-hmm. him to talk more. Like, all these men wrote him off, but Ma held him up. You know, Ma Rainey said, everybody eats, and I love that. Like, as someone yeah. who, to this very day, struggles with a stammer, like, it's part of why I started this show, to talk more, to get rid of it. I really appreciated that part of the film. Like, I saw myself in Sylvester, like, this shy kid who just needed a chance. So, I, I love that part. Yeah, and like there's a like when he when they were doing the record, um, they did so many tapes because Sylvester was um stuttering, and like there's a point where the white record executive looked to Ma and said, "Hey Ma, can we do it without?" And she just looked at him, didn't mm-hmm. even like straight face, and he was like, "Okay, yeah, she means business." So yeah. I loved how she was sticking up like that, like they knew that Ma was not playing. Yeah, and, and like she, she went you, to war like about she her. used her power, like she yep. she held on to her power to like lift everyone else up. Exactly, and I love that about her. And a shout out to Viola for encapsulating that energy, like down for real. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's to... Levy. Yes. And oh, then there's God. Levy. <laughs> my God, my God. Woof. Um, Chadwick, I don't, I don't even know how to explain it. Um. We step on that stage with the, with them with them gold with them gold shoes, son, son. From the moment he came on the screen, Chadwick was transforming and performing. Chadwick, mm-hmm. I don't like. I don't have. I don't have good words to say. Like Chadwick was Levy. Period. Levy. Like Chadwick, young was man, talented for the trumpet, pocket full of fresh yep. songs, dreams of recording with his own band. Also, very much an asshole. Like, oh yes, he walks into the he walks into the room with Ma's band with like Upton Toledo and Slow Drag. And shout out to the, all those actors playing them. Um, one of those actors um, was just on uh, Euphoria. Like he 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 played the um um he 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 played Rue's um support like support counselor. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like he walks in, um, sees Upton Toledo and sh- Slow Drag, and like immediately starts stunting on him. Like, it's, like, older, more experienced musicians, like, clashing with the young musician, like, trying to make a name for himself. Like, you know, he can play the songs, but he doesn't want to because, like, he's, like, oh, y'all are too slow. He wants to, like, you know, put all all these new ideas and all that shit, you know, over everything, you know, just Mm kind of, like, he he reminded me, like, he reminded me of a a lot of these younger artists who Mm -hmm. just kind of, like, be doing whatever and, Mm -hmm. like, don't, and don't really give a fuck about like the elders and the, the people who who had it even harder and like have that long excuse me have that longevity and are trying to give them some game but they're like oh I don't give a fuck so he, he right. very much that yeah 
And it sucked because, you know, his character was very talented, uh, very, you know, smart and forward thinking. But because he wasn't willing to sit down and just learn from the elders, um, you know, a lot of things went wrong for him. Um, yeah. Yeah. Bang on the locked door. Yeah. 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 I need to stop saying Chadwick. I'm sorry. It's just, just think about this being his last world. But, um, anyway, so Levy, you know, Levy, uh, he apparently, uh, I don't know if he was an atheist, but he definitely didn't fuck with the Christian version of God. Um, yeah. There was this really intense scene where um, that monologue. Whew. Yeah, that monologue. He told like how his uh, his mama basically. Um, oh, trick! Oh, trigger warning for a sexual assault. Yes, um, his mama was like trigger warning for rape. You know, sexual assault. His mama was raped by like a whole bunch of white men, and the white man almost killed him. And um, for defending his mother at eight years old, for defending old. his mother at eight, like they they took a like they slashed a knife across his chest, and he opened up his his shirt and showed the uh, wound. And um, you know he was talking about how he heard his mama saying, "You know, Lord have mercy, please help me, yada yada." And you know, no one helped her, and like he was like telling who was yeah. the um guy he was talking to his. Upton. Do you remember his name? Uh, Upton? Upton? Yeah. Yeah, talking about God. Like, Up- Upton was yeah. the one who was like, yeah, was... like you know, pushing back. Because, like, he, he, yeah, was, he like, was like, oh, don't I, blaspheme I'll... and all that shit. Yeah, he, like, punched me and all this. So he was like, yeah, like, why, yeah. you know, if your God's so strong, like, why didn't he strike me all them, all them white men that attacked my yeah. mom? He was like, your God ain't shit. And then, like, he was, it was, it was so wild. Um, Which is fair because, like, I've never seen, I have never seen, especially in a period piece, especially in a period piece. Mm-hmm. Like a black man question his faith so yeah. in like in such a raw manner, yeah. yeah. And th- this is a man who lived in the early nineteen twenties, mm-hmm. like when white people were being racist, like in your face. Yep. So and like even but like yeah, but they they like to paint paint them as like oh you know these sweet little no no like. Niggas was getting their ass whooped in the 1920s. Yep, daily. They just don't yep. show it. Exactly. And, like, he was so complex. Like, he, you know what I mean? Like, uh, Chadwick brought the character to, like, a place of very much, um, you know, talent, but also very, you know, it was a talented character, but Levy was also very much uh, in pain, and he was also very confused, and he... Uh, was also very driven, but also didn't really have direction. And I got all these things from Levy, you know, because Chadwick played the character that way. Um, yeah. Man, that door. So that much. door. He's like, he was Bruh. when he was banging on that door, yeah. and when it finally got in to, like, just reveal, like, a dead end, mm-hmm. and it felt symbolic of his relationship with, the white man. It's like he's yeah. he's banging on this door, like, and it's not going to lead him anywhere. Like yeah. he's this young black talented musician, but he's placed he placed all his hopes and dreams in this white man, seeing his talents and putting him on. Like yeah. no, even though he hates he hates these white men like with all his heart. Like he was yeah. still he was still chasing that white approval, even yeah. though like Ma Rainey is standing right next to him, like not giving three like one eighth of a fuck. Like she right. literally just came through because like 
you know, because this white man like talked her into it and because it would it, it'd be lucrative for her. Like she yeah. said several times, she does not need these white people. She can go on tour right. all over the ground and like, and you know, and she was, you saw how happy she was performing for her people mm-hmm. versus performing in this studio uh, for yeah, exactly. the, these white, for these white men to like, you know, re, you know, make records. But granted, yeah. like this was, um, you know, back in the day, this it was live, so yeah. like you know, she she wasn't um, uh, she wasn't like dropping records. She wasn't like making like excuse me when she was going on tour, like she wasn't like recording her songs. But like you know, she was you know in this white space, she has to like you know record the song to like make it a hit to like kind of like to for so people can like buy it so like so people you know so she can get that that longevity like that that long money. And she didn't want to do that. She was like, oh, I can just go on tour. And like you know, play my music for my people, and just like make money that way. Like I don't, I don't yeah. need any of this. But Levy was like, no, I just need all this shit to like, like put me on. Like he, like he could have easily just gone, like you know, just stuck with Ma Rainey and like have her teach him the, the tricks of the trade. Like she, like yeah. the patience that she showed. Like she was like, um, she let her nephew. Like she, she stayed on her nephew, even though like all like he was stuttering the the entire time. Like he and he, she stayed on him, and what happened? He finally, he finally said the line perfectly, yeah. Yep. And 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 people and all the other musicians like laughed at him because he was like yep. he like he was seen as like like I guess like the least valuable person in the room. But here mm-hmm. Levy is super talented. But like cocky, like his head is in the clouds. Like he don't, yep. like he 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 doesn't he don't want to listen to anybody. Like if 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 he had just stuck by Ma, and just like got some game from her, like he would have been straight. But it said no, he he wants to fucking like chase after these white people's approval. So yeah, and that was like evident in like the the whole shoe thing because like you know there was a point where um his shoe was stepped on and he like he went wild about it. You know what I mean in the beginning. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, he was like, just talking about my shoe, my shoe, like, don't step on my shoe, like, he scuffed up my shoe, da da da. And then at the end, so uh, his, his shoe gets they, stepped they on. They stay shitting on Toledo. And Toledo was, Toledo was like, he was like the old dude, like, drop, dropping all this, yeah. like, historical knowledge and shit. Yep. And he, you know, he, <laughs> Levy was like, my shoe. And then, like, he went wild about the shoe. Wow. He ended up stabbing Toledo. And then, after he stabbed him, he could see the life, you know, draining from him. And he was like, oh, shit. Like, what did I do? Like, you could see, you so know, he was holding that, some, him on the ground. And literally, because one door was slammed in your face by, by right. one white man. You want to lose your fucking shit and stab right. another nigga? Like, right. Which, you know, one white Because like one white man said no. Yeah. And was and like, I oh, like you know, like, no, I'm symbolic not. Yeah. Of, like, the one thing he had of, you know, this, you know. Of the white world, like, because you know, I think the shoes were, you know, relatively expensive. Uh-huh. So, um, yeah, it was like he stabbed the nigga over the shoe. <laughs> I was like, fuck. Oh, and uh, it was, was sad, you know, because he was holding Toledo on the ground and Toledo was dying, and he just he just looked at him. And he was like, "You okay? You okay?" And uh, yeah, it was like you know he was losing it, so He's losing his mind. But like, yeah, like uh, yeah. a a strength. Excuse me, a sane version of levy would have just been like you know he would have talk, like asked the white manager hey like can i get a recording and all that stuff he and then the white dude was like no but i'll buy those songs off you he for five out he could have just been like here's your money back gone back to ma like re regrouped recouped 
and then right. like you know come back and like like gain like like get all the tools necessary to like you know make build your shit on your own mm-hmm. but no but like we also have to consider that this man is uh fighting through um decades of unresolved trauma yeah so this man like he, so he's probably like mentally broken and he wasn't he yeah. just wasn't thinking in the moment and that and yeah. that's where a lot of the tragedy lies like it was yeah. literally just like one opportunity and he was young he was like he, he's he was in his 30s like it wasn't over like life wasn't over because this one man said no and like and he got paid that very day he got paid <clears throat> yep like he got put on to like like my Rainey is like one of the one of the hottest acts like yep. around he got paid he got he got to play with her he got paid and just 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 because he didn't like he um he got denied the chance to be a superstar right away Right. He got upset, and then the movie instead of playing so the like, long game, exactly. And then like so, the movie was great, and then it ended on the saddest note. Um, basically, so the 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 um, songs that Lee uh, Levy was writing for the white producer, um, you know that he said, you know, I'll buy for five dollars, whatever. Mm-hmm. He ended up using the songs that Levy wrote, and he gave it to some white artists. And it ended Ooh. where the white artists were singing the songs that Levy wrote. And it I was like, God damn. You know what I mean? It definitely like brought up like all those feelings of Elvis and all those other white people who stole the, you know, stole blues and rock from black folks and use it as their own. I was like, yo, this is such a fucked it up thing, but it's was real. bleak. Yeah, yeah. Like, like because like, like we imagine- went from yeah, we went from we that. went from like we, you know seeing him on the ground and Ma was in the car all upset, and then we see these white people flourishing with their art. And I was like, "Fuck!" Like, imagine if Dreamgirls just abruptly ended with that white boy singing that knockoff version of Cadillac Car. <laughs> like, this is not a feel good movie for the holidays. Mm-hmm. It was a good. It was an important uh, movie. It, you know, it was a story that needed to be revisited. You know, fast forward to today, black artists still being jerked around by white owned record labels, being forced yep. to sell their albums with a damn supersized happy meal, while white people are right. making like like effortlessly effortlessly making ten times what they'll make in their lifetime. We got Eminem, Post Malone, Billie Eilish, Jack Harlow, Ariana, Adele, mm-hmm. like making millions off black black music and they're like and they they're they're praised like, you know, universally. And mm-hmm. like while these black artists still still got a scrape for like a fraction of the notoriety, a fraction of the economic safety, you're black and plus size, add another fraction. Yeah. You know, J- um, Jasmine Sullivan, like, you know, the fact that Lizzo like won three Grammys this year is mon you freaking mental, considering yep. like the history of how black women like are historically are disrespected by the music industry, like to this very day. But you know, but you know, Massage Noir always comes full circle because after yep. she won them Grammys, after the world praised her as a woman, they can project their own plus size body goes onto like that has never been her burden to bear. People dragged her online for going on a damn diet. Mm-hmm. You know, Lizzo's a traitor to the plus size crusade, like says Miss Becky. <clears throat> like, and there's a whole bunch of like specifically white women. Yeah. Um, well, they while we're on, but while we're life. on the subject, while we're on the subject, uh, what did you think about Viola Davis wearing the fat suit? So, um, you could definitely tell, <laughs> you could definitely tell she was wearing a fat suit, and it was definitely a little lopsided. 
Um, no shade to y'all, but um, but yeah, I um, and it's funny because you know uh, she said that she did gain weight for the role, but I guess she didn't gain enough weight. Yeah, she was. Um, she, she said so she was. To, she was two hundred pounds by the time she, um, mm-hmm. she was ready. She was recording. So they had oh, to put me, her, act, you, know, like, you know, yeah, in a further fat suit. Uh, you know, I'm not really a fan of fat suits, especially you know uh, after yeah. you know realizing the the weight that a fat suit holds, and you know. I'm just. Yeah. It sucks that this Either. was such a good performance. Yeah, um, but the, but, but still, the, the fat the fat phobia still persists. Yeah, fat phobia like, still it jumped out. Like there was there were either two things like, um, excuse me, um, like someone else could have played the role of Ma Rainey, mm-hmm. like a, like a larger person. Like there there are tons of there are tons of dark skin like black women who could have played that role. Mm-hmm. Like could you very very well like. People keep sleeping on Leslie Jones. Like mm-hmm. Leslie jo- Leslie Jones could have been Nina Simone. Leslie Jones could have been Ma Rainey. Like y'all need to stop sleeping on Leslie Jones. Like period. Yeah. Like because Ma like she has the range, but oh, yeah. um, but yeah, it either get somebody else, someone larger for the role of Ma Rainey, or like Viola Davis could have gained more weight. But then if she gained more weight, like what, like like I um. You know, I, I I was I was listening to a bunch of like you know like black women on, online like discussing the film like you know what would that have done to Viola Davis's like mental state? Um and yeah and like and like which would she have been prepared to gain that much weight to play to play her? So right. also also things to think about like like wait would would her would her change in mental state would it have been worth it? So for for the sake of art. Yeah, but, um, but twenty twenty needed Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. God, that sounded weird. I'm sorry, but, <laughs> but Viola Davis, you know the late great Chadwick Boseman, the rest of the supporting cast gave it to us. Mm-hmm. It was a great movie. Everybody needs to watch it. Like it's, um, I liked it. Like even the fact that like I, I, I was expecting it to be longer. I was expecting it to be yeah. like at least at least two hours. I felt like like after the whole recording, if we were just getting into the story, or like, yeah. or that the, there was still like a whole like chunk of movie that hadn't been resolved. But you know, pl- like it, it was based off a play, and plays you know, and tend to end very abrupt abruptly. So yeah, um, you know, th- there's there's that. But it, it it was a good movie. Um, yeah, and it I I like the fact that it wasn't a happy ending. Mm-hmm. You know, especially like a, a lot of these like black period pieces have like a happy ending. I'm like, no, a lot, a lot of times, yeah, these people were not happy. It, it just exactly. life just moved. Life just went on. Like Ma Rainey was like, you know, and you know Ma Rainey's interaction with uh, Levy, you know, was it, you know it was very brief because mm-hmm. you know she she was at the closer to the end of her career and. You know she's dealt with men like Levy, like her entire career. So from the first sign of like, uh, like pushback, first sign of like you know some foul shit, she you know she pulled up to the side like, hey, like this one's trouble. Like let's let's drop him after this shit. So mm-hmm. yeah, because like Ma Rainey is like about longevity. She's about like her mute like her music getting to the people, and you know she's a, she's about you know being free, and you know like. Not like no no man like white or black is gonna stand 
you know stand in the way of that um oh yeah like let's real quick like let's let's talk about like um the portrayal of her queerness in the movie like it's like i heard some mm-hmm. people saying that it was not it was not enough for them because like she she had a whole girlfriend in the movie but she's yeah. her girl like her name's like Duce or something like that um and it just was not um we see some sensual some sensual moments but it it was it it didn't go very far like it was weird because, like, you know, Ducey, like, she, she gets kissed up on, like, felt up on by Ma, but, like, it's, like, like a lot of people said, it was giving, like, auntie sort of vibes yeah. and not, like, sensual. But, like, fast forward to another scene, like, Ducey is, like, whole ass, like, fucking Levy. Yeah. So. And it makes yeah, me think, like, like, so, like, was she with Ma for, like, opportunity? Or was she actually in love with Ma? Like, what were they trying to say? I, I, yeah, I have, I have a feeling she was, like, a groupie. She was giving, yeah. like, groupie. Yeah, definitely was. But but also, um, why? you know, why? I mean, granted, like, I mean, maybe some people, like, would have wanted a more, like, reasonable, a more, like, you know, meaningful relationship between her and this woman. But, like, you know, Ma, I guess Ma my Rain, question like, is, did she have meaningful relations? Like, that's, I don't know. Yeah, did she? Um, and, like, you know, like, you know, Ma Rainey, she's, like, you know, she, she she gave the persona as, like, you know, one of these, like, pop stars now. And mm-hmm. we're, like, you know, not all of them are in, like, these, like, you know, super solid relationships. Some some of them were just, you know, had a little thing on the side that they was, like, just, yeah. like, fucking, like, just, you know, for the time being. It's, like, a little, yeah. some, like, little arm candy. So, yeah, it is it is what it is. So. um, But, and, and you know, I, I do I do feel queer, queer artists need to have that, that freedom to just be, like, you know be people yeah i know people would have wanted to see like a loving relationship but like yo these a lot of these artists like be be, <laughs> be on some toxic shit you know just have mm-hmm. have someone on the side just you know to just, you know just do do whatever and then it, it, yeah. it is what it is so um which which is why I, I was glad that they didn't have the whole um clash between her and between Ma and Levy. I'm like, you slept with my girlfriend? And I was like, because like, I, I felt like that was coming, but it, it never yeah. did. And I was kind of yeah. happy it didn't. It didn't so. <sighs> yeah. Um, yeah, that that's Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Um, I'll try to keep this review under 20 minutes, but that did not work out. But it is what it is. Um, we are going to take a quick break. And when we come back, uh, we're going to hit y'all with one last sample platter. We'll be right back. All right, and we are back. <laughs> Yo, uh, this break was funny. I I went on the TL while we were taking a quick break, and um, I I saw that my co-host named me as the voice for his uh, hormone monster. <laughs> yeah. You been watching Big Mouth season four? I haven't watched it yet. No. It's, it's a monster. <laughs> Is it good? Yeah. See, Dre's I've been too busy watching monster. other shit. Yeah. I can't wait to watch it. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Who's that new See? guy you're talking to? See? The one who Look, looks like a ahead. young face on love. 
Quick, <laughs> put your zipper down and take a picture of your junk and send it to him right now. <laughs> See how perfect he is? See how perfect? It's perfect. That's exactly what I want my hormone monster to sound like. Tell him you want to watch from and an say. apartment across the street while he strips bare <laughs> naked and sits in a bowl of Briar's ice cream. Why does that sound like something I would actually want, though? Mm. Interesting. See? See how perfect? Bet that chocolate pussy <laughs> snaps. All right, let's get back to our regular scheduled program. We're here about music, actually, so let's keep it pushing. So uh, for this sample platter, we wanted to do songs that actually uh, talk about food in a segment we like to call the sample platter, sample platter, platter. (laughs) I'll let Dre go first. All right, so my first song is going to be a song that actually has something to do with food directly, right? So mm-hmm. my other songs are not necessarily directly food, but, you know, there's an inference. Okay. So my first song is a song called, I'm sorry, by a group, one of my favorite groups ever, um, called A Tribe Called Quest, and it is called Ham and Eggs. Yes, ham and eggs. I don't eat no ham and eggs. Hey, but the high and the less the low. Come on, come on. They don't fight. Do you eat them? No tip. Do you eat them? Uh-uh. Hey, not at all. Okay. I don't eat no ham and eggs. Cause the high and the less the low. Do you eat them? Nope. Do you eat them? Nope. Not at all. Hey. A task. A task. What's a mama's basket? Some veggie links. And some fish that stinks. Why, just the other day I went to grandma's house. So, that was Ham and Eggs by A Tribe Called Quest. So, the song is basically <laughs> about them talking about the danger, the, the, the dangers health-wise of ham and eggs. <laughs> like, cholesterol and all that type of shit. This sounds like an anti-brunch song. <laughs> I just realized that. You're right. I oh, asked God. you to stay on brand and, I am you know, so sorry. Yeah, it's... I had to be the agent of chaos. All I just right. had to be. Okay, it, it, it's all right. For one day only. Sorry. Right. Had to be for our last show of the year. You know? So, uh, my first track <laughs> is a classic from the fat boy of TDE off his third studio album, Oxymoron, with some help from Kendrick Lamar and the Jolly Green Giant. Oh, 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 oh. It's Schoolboy Q with Collard Greens. Okay, all right. So. <laughs> that nigga won't talk about no real collard greens, by the way. If you ain't know, now you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
Yeah, it was. Uh... <laughs> yeah, Kendrick's verse on that was wild. He just out of nowhere, he was just started rapping in Spanish, and yeah, if you... <laughs> right. Yeah, she look that ver- look that verse up. He's literally like telling somebody to like fuck himself with their own dick, and I'm just like, oh. <laughs> That nigga wild. Sir, if I could, I would. Don't, you don't have to rub it in. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Hello. My God. So my second track is by the illustrious Rihanna. Nah, 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 come on. (laughs) And the track is, um, a little track you might have heard about. It's, um, it's called Birthday Cake. And, uh, if you haven't heard about it, you've clearly been under a rock. So... Here we are. Come and put your name on it. Put your name on it. Come and put your name on it. Your name, but you wanna put your name on it. Put your name on it. Come and put your name on it. Bip, 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 bip. It's not even my birthday. Another track where, you know, they weren't necessarily talking about that specific food. It's just a, you know, analogy. Uh, that was Birthday Cake by Rihanna. Yeah, that um, was a weird from time. Her... That was a really strange Yeah, it really time. was. Like, it was like it really the was. remix like was like with Chris Bruh. Brown. And this was like, was right, like what? this is like right after like the, the whole incident. And niggas yeah, was like, just like, too long at all. girl, what are you doing? Yeah, it was very weird. Not only that, it was um, like they, it was birthday cake, and then and also at the same time they recorded this one song called like "It Ain't Nobody's Business," and I'm just like, "Yep." God. And now they don't very even speak. Odd. And now like 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 yeah, like she grew up, so yeah. they don't really even really yeah. speak anymore. So. so thank God. But you know, um, it, yeah, it that is was what from it is. Unapologetic, and um, yeah, one of the 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 main things about this song that people talk about is the fact that it's only like a minute and a half long. Yeah. Um, or like close to a half long. It's annoying. Yeah. It's very annoying. Because like, nigga, like we would just get in the groove when it ends. Yeah. And it's like, ugh, if, if it wasn't, if but, it wasn't for Chris Brown, we wouldn't have even gotten a, a full track. That's true. That's Which, true. Ugh. ugh. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, what you got, low? All right. So my next track comes from another TDE member off his second studio album. Nine double low five nine be the zip, yeah. I swear, all they do is eat over there at TDA. So it's for real. Yeah, like all they do, like just they just in in the kitchen all day, you know, with the pots, just cooking, eating. So this song is called Gumbo. I'm not up on that short yellow with a helmet on my head while I'm eating marshmallows, playing jigsaw while I'm picking off devils. I can rock the shit on all levels, straight up out the ES, journey over BS, I'm like a hundred kilos stuffed in the Prius, I'm going hard till they free us, hold on, wait a minute, let me put some seasoning in this gumbo, hold on, wait a minute, let me put some seasoning in this gumbo, 
right, that was J-Rock with Hold up, wait a minute, let me put some seasoning in this gumbo Whole lot of flavor <laughs> I love that song Yeah, yeah So my last song is um, I, I had to Look, there's no way I couldn't use a track from this album Because this is a a playlist about food And Khalees made an album called Food in 2014. Yes! Um, Honestly, one of my favorite albums from the 2010s. Uh, So good. So amazing. Uh, I was introduced to this album, by the way, um, by my ex, who... God, anyway. Um, Rest in peace to him. But, um, yeah, so the track I'm going to play from this uh, album is a song called breakfast yes look if you ever have time go through this album like it's so good like and like every song that's named after food like she doesn't necessarily um reference the specific food but it feels like you're there anyway so this is called breakfast i want to say thank you thank you you've been more than just a man you've really been my friend Wanna say thank you, thank you for putting me to the test. When I know you could've left me behind. When I feel like I'm knocked back off my feet, and I swear I'm all alone. You're the one who carries me. Simple thing like giving me your peace. You're strong enough to be exactly what I need. Yeah, so that was called Breakfast. I love that song so much. One of my favorite openings to an album. Um, Khalees is so talented. Yeah, she made this album. Yeah, she made this album. Jerk nigga, jerk ribs. Oh my god! Friday fish fry. Let's get Mm -hmm. it. Look, see, we could go all day, but um, Bruh, ru- oh my god, running takes me to a place. Mm-hmm. Anyway, but yeah, she made this album around the time where she was studying to be a chef, mm-hmm. uh, like a uh, specifically uh, when it comes to sauces. So she made this album because that's what's going on in her life, and I love the fact that that's how she makes albums. Anyway, and and she got so a whole yeah, song now. To- Excuse me, not a whole song, a, a whole Netflix show now. Yes, or like cooked with I cannabis. Love that. Like, right, nigga, I love that. Like, it, it suits her. Anyway, shout out to Khalees. Oh, for will forever be tasty. <laughs> All right, so <sighs> this uh, last one comes from a female rap artist that's been making waves lately. After she emptied the proverbial clip on every rapper <laughs> with her "How to Rob" remix. So this is off her third studio album, uh, "E for Eyes." It's Cupcake with Cinnamon Toast Crunch. I was hungry as hell writing this shit. I don't even get no fuck. Let's go. Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Cinnamon Toast Crunch. 
this record i think that she ate she ate okay so the first one was like whatever but um the one that she responded to sukihana with that one that one was pretty intense who nigga i my my edges were just they were gone i just i was like oh my god i feel like she's is she dissing me jesus am i next yikes yikes she tore her a new hole very very underrated um yeah. and like you know i feel like she would like she she she'd be like she'd be mentioned a lot more with like with like the big lottos and like megs if her shit wasn't so very sexual <laughs> Bruh, but like but for <laughs> but like she but she she stays like she stays like a buzzing like you know like like yeah. underground like she 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 stays collection checks so uh, yeah. She she's unbothered, um, and like you know she she, she had um, you know she, she had a rough patch where she had she had to step away from music and she came back and you know now 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 she's like you know spitting like like, like you know spitting all this shit um, all that ill shit that that we love her for so we love a redemption arc. It's Shout wonderful. out to Cupcocky. Oh wait, that's not how you pronounce it. Coop. Anyway. Did you say Coopcocky? Cupcocky. Cup I hate ya. <laughs> mouth wide open, mouth wide open, mouth wide open, like I was at the dentist. Okay, all right, all right. I, I, she I was had, wild. I, I just, just let me say that one thing. Okay, all right, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> all right, that wraps up the last sample platter of the year. We are gonna take one more break, and we will be right back. segment of the year and our very last scrape the plate so this first one um comes from a longtime listener uh, andre uh, terrell um they they are a hardcore listener they've they've been a guest on the show you know that shout out to andre like another another andre not not dre i'm (laughs) right (laughs) different andre (laughs) So, um, uh, we are going to honor their request and we're going to chat about this story real quick. So it took reams of signatures plus being dropped by both MasterCard and Visa after investigations to get Pornhub to delete unverified videos uploaded by site users. 
As of Monday, the porn site's content had decreased by 10 million videos, from 13.5 million on Sunday night to 2.9 million by the next morning, Vice's motherboard reported. The move stems from a New York Times report about the thousands, if not millions, of abusive videos, including child porn um, and assault and content posted without the consent of those appearing in them that persist online. Pornhub has purged any videos that can't be verified, meaning regular users can't upload videos. Going forward, the platform will only accept videos from official content partners or members of its model program, which requires those who sign up to verify their age. As part of our policy to ban unverified uploaders, we have now also suspended all previously uploaded content that was not created by content partners or members of the model program, Pornhub said in a statement on its blog, according to Motherboard. This means every piece of Pornhub content is from verified uploaders, a requirement that platforms like Facebook, Instagram, excuse me, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, Snapchat, and Twitter have yet to institute. Oh, now y'all want to be Miss High and Mighty. Get the fuck out of here. Monday's move followed last Tuesday's announcement by Pornhub, which said it would only let verified users upload material according to The Verge. That stopped the uploads. That stopped the uploads. Now existing downloads have been deleted. Starting next year, Pornhub will begin a verification and review process, Motherboard said. A departure from the previous policy of letting anyone create an account and upload videos, much as is done on YouTube, TikTok, and other platforms. Ooh, what you think? Um, do you do you ever use Pornhub anymore? Or nigga, absolutely. Like I was definitely looking at you know because they definitely upload. Um, Bust it down. They, yeah, they upload some you know <laughs> <laughs> some good shit. Um, but. I think I'm definitely happy about it because so many people or have had, you know, I've definitely heard so many stories of people like, yo, this, um, you know, this piece of uh, media uh, that's on Pornhub is me and mm-hmm. like my ex had it or like a former partner had it or like somebody who I sex with who did not tell me they recorded had it and they are posting it and I don't want it on like and Pornhub was yeah. doing nothing. And, um, you know, I'm all about, like, consent. Like, if consent is not, you know, not there, I'm not fucking with it. So I'm definitely mm-hmm. happy. Although, you know, like, <laughs> like the fact that Pornhub wouldn't act on a lot of that ruined the fact that, like, some other porn that, like, a lot of us, you know, loved and watched and bookmarked is no longer there. But that's fine. It's a g- I'm willing to, you know, that's nothing compared to... Uh, people having their their lives upended by, you know, porn that they had no intent of making or releasing. So I'm happy about it. Exactly. It's it's good. It's a good thing. Yeah, that that is definitely a, a good thing. Um, but it it is it is a blow to you know amateur uh, like porn um, producers, like spe- especially when like when it comes to like plus size queer porn especially when it comes to plus size like black porn so yeah like a, a lot of those videos um like you know these like dl domination sort of <laughs> 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 yeah they, they're they're gonna take a hit mm-hmm. um but yeah th- this just means that you know people are just gonna have to find different avenues on like ha- how to uh, make a name for themselves mm-hmm. in in this industry I, i'm i'm almost certain like 
uh, the OnlyFans girls and the Just for Fans girls are just gonna they're gonna see a hit like like a huge like rise in like, like content and people people are gonna like you know switch over yeah um because it you know it um there's a little bit more freedom there but um yeah it's it's a very interesting shift yeah um I'm I'm actually surprised that they actually did this because like the people have been complaining about um just like the most obscene shit being allowed to just sit up on Pornhub for yep. ages. But now now they, they hit them where they where it hurts in their damn wallets. Visa and MasterCard said, no girl. <laughs> You're not about that shit. Right. <laughs> so Yeah, I'm just I'm, um, I'm but, really yeah, happy but for th- this folks. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But this is all the more reason to like if you uh I mean Twitter is always good um mm-hmm. for like that like, um, I, I you know in 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 our our uh, circles like a, a, a lot of gays have like alt accounts yeah um where, where the you know, some some will um like some have OnlyFans and like some of them will like post their videos on on there for free mm-hmm. um whether you know, like behind like you know regular accounts or like locked accounts yeah whether that's good we don't we don't really know but like you know, it's it's <laughs> their whole regulation is kind of is funky you know like like Pornhub said like they mm-hmm. they don't really have that whole like you know levels of like protection when it comes to that yeah but you know there are other ways to you know get your jollies you can and, definitely and, and also does. you can pay for it like that's always an like you can definitely yeah, just, pay for get, it. just pay for a girl um, just just pay for that, a girl. you know another, another there day. are de- and I'll be clear there are definitely some of the girls out here who um advertise one thing and don't provide it um, so you got, definitely have to do your research before you purchase certain porn. Um, but when you find some high quality stuff, it's high quality, very high quality, and you will you will not regret spending your what fifteen ten dollars a month. Like it won't be a thing. It'll be like Netflix. Like it'll be like okay, yeah, girl, just take it. <laughs> like it's worth it. So yeah. yeah, just yeah, just just find find a site that you like. And yep. you know, like budget, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and just like pay for it because like these sex workers like work very hard and they deserve to be, you know, uh, compensated, you know, for their work. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. All right. So, um, speaking of amateur porn, ooh, uh, get ready, y'all. This one's a doozy. <clears throat> So, all right. Um, trigger warning: uh, pedophilia. So basically, this this OnlyFans. Well, I'm not even gonna say star. Just a nigga on OnlyFans called Evil yeah. King Chris with uh, a solid following tweeted some very disgusting revelations about himself. Basically, he said he pleasured himself with a 17 year old teenager. He justified this action by saying that's that she's by saying that where he's from, seventeen is within the age of consent. Now, in many states, Alabama, Arkansas, Georgia, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, are you seeing a pattern here? The age of consent is lower than eighteen. <laughs> yep. However, scientifically the human brain is still in development at this age. It's still forming mm-hmm. essential problem-solving and reasoning skills. Being a grown-ass man 
and taking advantage of a young teenager for sex just because the law says it's okay is extremely disgusting. Yeah. You are well aware that these young boys are very impressionable. They look to you as an elder for guidance and they will most likely do what you say in the moment because they're trying to prove that they've grown. Yes, they're out here on the apps lying about their age to get some sex, but they're kids, they're teenagers. You, as an adult, need to have the maturity to turn them down. I'm 28 mm-hmm. going on 29. I turn 29 next month. Do 18-year-olds slide in my DMs? Yeah. But guess what I do every time? Block. Block. Yeah. Block, 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 That's it. That's it. Just, like, just the thought of an older man manipulating someone younger because they know they don't have to do much to get them to put out is gross. It's yeah. icky. Like it makes like you are a predator. You are a whole ass predator. Like I tried to engage with this um the OnlyFans dude like respectfully to try and get him to realize what he was saying was wild as fuck, but this dude just doubled down and just kept going. You, you know yeah. when you go to report a tweet and it says to pick some other tweets that like might match the level of yuck of the one you're trying to get pulled? Like it was just a straight line down, just rows and rows of just trash tweets. Just, yeah. oh lord. Luckily enough, people posted or uh, like reported him, and his account got suspended. But he's most likely still the same person. And yeah, shit like this needs to be addressed in the queer community like a little bit more frequently. Like I was in this Facebook group that I'm not no longer a part of. It's called Code Red, where like somebody posted a screenshot of Chris's tweets. And there was a bunch of, I'm sorry to say it, black queer men who were not only defending this man using the age of consent argument, but openly admitting them themselves that they were out here lying about their age to fuck older men. And there was some like 19 year old that was defending Chris in on Twitter. Like some of y'all need professional help. Like, yeah, <laughs> we need to call this shit out a lot more often. You know, as older queer people, we need to understand that you know. Some of these younger people will look to us for guidance and support. And, you know, how can we share the wisdom if we're constantly hitting on them? Or, you know, you don't, you don't want to be a role model. You just want to live your life. Fine. But why are you attracted to younger people that are easier to manip- manipulate? Why are you attracted to younger people that you know are easier to manipulate? Let's unpack that, unpack baby. That. I really hate when I got to clap back at straight people with the not all gay men are pedophiles. But I, I turn around and like some of y'all are openly admitting to violating a teenager. Trash. And just because a teenager says yes in the moment doesn't mean they won't regret that moment later on in life. Exactly. And and do you want to be the root of a, a deeply ingrained trauma of a teenager? Do, do, do you want that? Do you want to have that on your conscience? All right. And that that's that's all I have to say about that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, it's just. Ugh. Oh, also, um, I've talked about it um, previously on the show, but I, I I saw it pop up again. Um, sorry, this is just Trauma City. More trigger warnings. So, like, um. I'm not, I'm not going to name this person, but like I've seen a lot of people engaging with in this behavior, like in the, in the gay community, especially in like the fat 
like muscle bear type community. Like there's this like there's this running joke about this alleged abuser. I'm going to, you know, say his name like noodles and beef. You know, he's he's been like an alleged abuser. Like he's this man that like uh, allegedly um, gets other queer men to like sign these binding contracts where they they're, they're basically signing their lives away and like they just kind of have to do everything this man says like all the way down to like exercise they have to keep their body looking a certain way like silicone injections in their scrotum it just to look like these are just like very very like weird like weirdly proportioned like people and allegedly um this form of manipulation led to, you know, one of the, you know, I guess one of his quote unquote, like pups, like dying, like this man's family, like, uh, confronted him on this like television show, which like, um, and I, I was talking, I was talking to a friend like from, like from Australia, like this show, like it wasn't even like, um, the only reason it, it ended up on this show is because they like to, um, they, they like to do, like, odd, like, strange stories. Like, the only reason it made it to this news segment, it was was because, like, the of the, like, the silicone in the testicles shit. But, like, you know, we, we do need to talk more about, you know, like, manipulation and abuse in the queer community a lot more often. Like, um, they, like uh, apparently, like, the, this man, like, like, the man that, like, his family did not know that he was in the hospital until after he had passed away. Like that oh is some God. fucked up shit. Like this man, like because of like the silicone injections, like he was rushed to the hospital and like he passed away. And like, and this man, like this noodles and beef, beef dude, like didn't even like tell them, like they didn't even know until after he passed away. So like, um, and you know, he like, and before he passed, like he was showing like, like signs of, you know, he like, you know, there, like, I, I know people who knew him, you know, he was suffering from like mental illness and, you know, like and body dysmorphia and just like not, not feeling like, you know, he was, um, he was enough like a, a, as a person, like there, here's this man like manipulating him and shit. Um, and like, Oh God. And, but what, what I'm getting at is like this man, this alleged abuser is like just chilling. Like he hasn't been, like, like he has yet to face any consequences for his crimes. He's just kind of like out here, still just like walking around. Like maybe like if like he was like locked up like Cosby, like R. Kelly, but still like why are we cracking jokes about abusers mm-hmm. all willy nilly, especially and like in this very very like concentrated community where you you know if you don't know someone that's been uh, victimized by this person you know someone who knows someone who's been victimized by this person and yeah even just so so you know just like and you know how triggers work right so you just posting a photo it doesn't matter if you're making a joke it doesn't matter if you don't like this person either but you posting some picture or making a quick joke about it is gonna like it has the ability to trigger somebody right. and y'all are grown men y'all fucking know that shit so cut that shit out all the gay men all, all like the, the the gay men that we can we can um that we can talk shit about in this world and like and y'all keep coming back to this motherfucker like yeah. cut the shit like Please. just like it, it's it's not funny it's not cute and don't don't hide behind like oh we don't like him either yet like nigga this ain't CSI cyber like gay Twitter is not the feds <laughs> like cut the shit. <sighs>
And that's that's all I have to say about that. Um, mm. mm. wow. We've reached like this is this is it. This is the end. Uh, the like the last. Well, this not the end, but this is just like the last episode of the year. Um, we've been through a lot. We've talked about a lot. It's 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 been a heavy year, but um, I am proud of what we've done here. Um, we were able to um, you know, push out some creative. We we were able to push out some really great creative content um, over the over this past year. Made some really dope mm-hmm. connections. We were able to make make some people laugh. Um, Jay, what 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 were some of your favorite parts of the of the year? Nigga, of course, Duran Bernard. Like, let's be of clear. course. Um, I I just loved how you know, even though the pandemic fucked everything up, you know, we were supposed to be like with each other physically. Like, we still were able to um, push this shit out and do it well um virtually um i really enjoyed um speaking to um mario with the skin routines because that was very helpful um i love that we had um boom boom balenciaga on that was cool mm-hmm. um i love that we had farmer j on loved yeah him um yeah we just so much and yeah just to name a few Really good. I, um, really good. Yeah, I believe I would be. I I'd be remiss if I didn't like m- mention, um, basically everyone that that like that we've had on the show or that that have inspired, um, this show inspired inspired us. So just want to just I made I made a I made a list and I just just want to go through the list of, like everybody that's been on the show just just to say thank you. So. So shout, shout out to Jalen from Off Color. Make sure y'all check out Off Color. Uh, shout out to Roro. Um, shout out to Dominique. Um, like my hardcore like Digimon like fan, like, <laughs> hardcore fan to the end. Uh, shout out to Laurent Reedus. Shout out to Miss Stephanie Williams. Shout out to Tyree Albert. Shout out to Mufasa Bear. Shout out to Professor Larry King. Shout out to Taylor's Realm, um, one of my favorite gaming ass niggas. Uh, sh- again, shout out to MT Boom Boom Balenciaga. Thank you very much. Um, thank you. Uh, shout out to um, My Name Deke. Um, yeah, just um, thank you very much. Um, sh- shout out to my girl Bobby Tries. Uh, also, like my <laughs> my Super Sentai homie to the end. Um, shout out to Farmer J. Um, uh, Shout out to uh, the Black McCoy, like giving uh, gender non-conforming X Men furry realness. Uh, shout out to Homie Blue, thank you so much for dropping circled queer gems on us. Uh, shout out to um, Josh Street uh, for giving us that Shakespeare knowledge. Mm-hmm. Uh, shout out to Xander Walker, we need to grab a drink soon. Shout out to Graphic Alexander, you know, um, uh, Mr. Chef. Uh, Henny does not go in everything. Thanks for teaching us that. <laughs> Shout out to uh, my rugby teammate uh, for life, MJ. I still owe you money. I didn't forget. <laughs> uh, shout out to my sister, Atari Gems. Hope your studies are going well. My singing ass guests, 
uh, Duran Bernard. Y'all need to go cop D U R ampersand. Like go yeah. go go cop like buy it, <laughs> stream it, all that shit. The homie Rob Milton. Mm-hmm. Like go cop Love Games and and Everlasting. He dropped a, he dropped another one. Like literally like right after we we um we interviewed him for that. Like he dropped another one. That nigga so, don't like, rest. Like, like, he does not rest. Um, <laughs> shout out to the homie Larry Dean. Keep fighting the power. Shout out to Matthew Rodriguez for dropping some knowledge about HIV and AIDS in uh, black and brown communities. Uh, shout out to uh, Miss Natalie Pierre Lewis for dropping some hot legal dish on us. Go check her show out on Instagram Live. Uh, shout out to Miss April out here molding the young minds in the classroom like, mm-hmm. virtually. Um, again, shout out to Mario Scott helping us get our skin and our hair and our lives together. Um, Andre Terrell, shout out, shout out to you again mm-hmm. for, for your, you know, um, your uh, very vulnerable art pieces. Yes. Like, you, like your your art exhibit made it to one of the bus- busiest streets in DC. Like, you love know, that for you. Be proud of that. Um, shout out to Mr. Brown Bears Connect, uh, Mr. Keepin. Yes. For repping the big boy flag so hard. <sighs> Shout out to the lovely artist uh, Mikhail, aka I Came to Sin. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for hooking us up with a beautiful, beautiful podcast cover. I swear to God, if you draw Thirst Trap Tyler Perry, I am <laughs> sending the whole entire <laughs> AME Baptist Church of Zion to your doorstep. As you should. As you, I know, like you, 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 you tried it with Steve Harvey, my nigga. Like, <sighs> I what, swear. like what the fuck? Like, no, but you, you're, you're a, a great talent. Uh, yeah, thank, thank you so much. Like, beautiful in inside and out. Yep. And I, I really hope I, I get to meet like everyone on this list that I named that I that I met virtually. Like, I just ah, one, one day, one yes. day. Yes. Yeah. Uh, shout out to dearest. Michael Lyles, mm-hmm. if it wasn't for you, uh, me and Dre wouldn't even be sitting here shooting shit like this every week. Yep. <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, uh, we when um, yeah, we, we got to have you back on when the, the new season of Drag Race starts starts up. Um, shout out to the homie Devonte, aka Full Metal. Um, thanks for the original theme song. Um, sorry we had to kind of pivot from something different, but <laughs> to something different because <laughs> we had a whole rebrand. But we did make something special. Um, yeah. Shout out to Lonnie and Marlin from yes. the Who Raised You Host podcast. We got to get you both on sometime next year. Sorry, it didn't work out. I'm just it. it it's 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 been a lot, but we we gonna get you back on sometime like in, in January. Love y'all, love y'all, 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 y'all the, y'all the fucking dope. I, I, I just found out on on Twitter that um, Marlon has eaten some Liberian food before, so I know he likes Liberian food. So I got <laughs> I gotta hook him up with that. Uh, oh, shout out to the Eat Pray Thought podcast for always showing support. Like mm-hmm. we, we gotta collab someday. Like shout out to them. Um, shout out to Frankie and Charnel from the What About Your Friends podcast. Like I, I was listening to y'all like years ago and like before i even like decided that i wanted to do a podcast on my own and yeah like i was reaching out reaching out to frankie like help how do i do this and now you know we're and now frankie listens to mine and i'm like thank, thank you thank thank you so much um y'all the fucking homies and of course um i my inspirations for this show like the read Jaden xd 
friend zone, sloppy seconds, factually, fat man beyond. <laughs> like like the, the show is just like a, a little bit of all of that, all those shows kind of like smushed into one. Like y'all the reason we do what we do. So thank y'all very much. Yeah. Um, um I want to thank my mom. You are always in my corner. I love you very much. I can't wait to finally have a bottle of ginger ananas before I have to pay full price. <laughs> um I want to thank our loyal listeners. Y'all have truly stuck with us through the wildest of times, yeah. through the shittiest of of audio quality. <laughs> <laughs> we got so much more show coming your way next year. Yeah. Personally, I would like to thank my Ace Boone Cotton Picking Coon. Let me, let me stop. <laughs> my partner in crime, the hostess with the mostess, Mr. Dre. Like. I honestly do not know why you put up with my weird ass nigger shenanigans every week, but I'm glad that you do. I wouldn't have been able to do this without you. You are my rock, my anchor. You keep me tethered when I am floating out to sea. You're smart. You're funny. You're large and in charge. You're a big bellied sex guy who's going <laughs> to finesse Brian Tyree Henry about them panties one yes, day. Like God. you are everything. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. I um, love you, friend. And I, I and also thank I got I got to thank myself for yes. you know be being a fucking boss Absolutely. and finally like doing doing this shit. So I, that's all I got. That's all I got. <laughs> Lorenzo, thank you so much for putting this podcast together. Um, you are one of the most talented people I've ever met in my life. Uh, you are the one of the funniest people I've ever met in my life. Um, it's been a joy to be next to you and talking shit for a year. I, I swear it's amazing. And I love you very much. And I'm so glad that Mikey introduced us because Lord have mer- like, where, like, I'm so glad he said something. Cause I, we wouldn't be here and I needed to be here. So thank you so much for making this. Thank you. You're very nice. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let me stop. All right. <laughs> no, thank you, thank you, Dre. You're too kind. Um, <laughs> thank you for listening to Big Boy Brunch. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Big Boy Brunch. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts, be it Apple Music, be it Spotify, be it Anchor, be it your, your, your uncle's basement. Like what? Just subscribe everywhere. Be sure to give us a five star. Be sure to leave a review. Um, And, you know, please, please say some nice things about us because we're, we're constantly growing. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we are constantly um, pushing to be better. We got a lot of shit. Um. We we got more shit to talk in in the upcoming year. Um, I'm some stuff I'm I'm, I'm trying to make happen, uh, for y'all because y- y'all y'all deserve like the, these dope ass um guests. Mm-hmm. Um, they they might not be as as they might not come on as as frequently, but um, you will get some dope ass guests mm-hmm. like when like when they are are up, up here. Like and every guest every guest that we have is is dope as fuck. Yeah. But I'm um, just, just yeah, just want to uh, make sure we're giving y'all some dope ass quality every every single week, and we are moving to one episode a week. 
mm-hmm. um, from from now from now on. I, we feel like we we we've built enough of a base to that we, we can we can just drop one one a week. Yeah. And excuse me, that, that that'll be good enough for y'all. But do not fret. Um, we're we're not going away like total like completely until next year. Um. So both me and Andre are on Clubhouse, and if you're on Clubhouse, you know, like if you know, check it out. If you're not on Clubhouse, like, uh, fi- find your way there. Like, if you make a profile, you you, you probably know somebody that's already on there, and they'll mm-hmm. just like let you, let, let and they'll just invite you on. But if you want to listen to us more, like log into like um, Clubhouse, and um, in in the upcoming like week weeks or so, like next like two or three weeks, uh, we're we're gonna be just like holding like these, these small little like chat rooms and, just, and we'll, we'll we'll talk about like just nerdy subjects we've already we've already done two we've talked about power rangers we've talked well i've talked about power rangers <laughs> we've talked about um digimon versus pokemon mm-hmm. um like we like um there's a bunch of movies dropping um christmas day so yes uh, we'll, we'll give you all a chance to like you know, watch those and maybe like the next, the following day, right? We'll, we'll have like a, a, a room or, or maybe that, maybe even that evening, but we, um, we'll let y'all know, like, we'll, like I'll, 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 I'll be I'm setting a schedule out on uh, social media and like when we'll be on um, clubhouse where we can like, you know, chat, chat about that. So if you want to hear like me and Andre here, our, our beautiful voices, like talking nerd shit, um, you know, in, in lieu of new podcast episodes, you can check us out on, on clubhouse. Right. In the near future. Um. Any last words? Um. Y'all stay safe. Uh. Wear wear your mask. And uh. Hopefully by the next time we come back, but you know when we return, um, we'll actually have a country, and this nigga doesn't you know, stage a coup. We'll see. And hopefully these these goddamn politicians will have given us some form of a stimulus package. Please. Come up off that stimmy. Come up off that stimmy. (laughs) Open your fucking purse, man. It's all money, (laughs) man. Exactly. All right. Stay safe. Uh, Wear a mask when you go outside. Be kind to one another. Um, even if you don't send like Christmas cards this year, just just send a little message being like, "Hey, I see you. Hey, Queen. You know, <laughs> just just keep keep spirits uh, bright. I know it's it's it, it can be rough at uh, these times, but um, yeah. Um, we will um see you all um sometime next year. Um, but until then. This has been Big Boy Brunch. Check, please.